You're listening to Ink Studs on CITR 101.9 FM. My guest this week is Sam Alden. Sam's uh, got a couple of different things you could read online, uh, most notably uh, the very fantastic 8th uh, Grade, um, which you can also get comics of, as well as Haunter, uh, published on the Study Group Comics website. Um, are there actual issues of Haunter available? No, it's not yet. It's in color, so it's sort of a huge, uh, expensive pain to to make physical copies of. But I think Zach was interested in uh, in putting together some uh, like big old newsprint versions of. So. Oh, nice! That would yeah. be Zach Soto, the uh, curator, editor of Study Group. Yes, that is correct. A fine, handsome man. Yeah, he's a very sweet guy. He's very patient with me. <laughs> I'm um, always I'm always sending those in late. Now, you're 25 now? 24. 24. Jesus Christ, you're a kid. Um, <laughs> which kind of blows my mind, because you're one of those guys who's got fantastic uh, amount of output of, like, really quality comic work. Oh, jeez. Well, thank you, dude. I, um, yeah, I guess I... I... I, I, my dad kind of has this thing where he doesn't know how to have fun except to work really hard at something he enjoys. And I think I totally inherited that from him. Um, you know, like, like he gets home from work and he, uh, you, you never see him just sit down. He like runs to his guitar and practices guitar and then he like runs to, uh, to make dinner or something. He's, he's just striding everywhere and I, I think there's something of that that impulse in me. Uh, and I drink a lot of coffee. That helps. <laughs> you were just making fun of me for drinking an energy drink. Coffee's yeah. bad, too. No, come on. Coffee is... <laughs> coffee has a whole culture associated with it, though, you know? That's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> it can't be addictive if there's a culture attached to it. <laughs> no, coffee's really bad for it. I'm sure that, you know, I... I really selectively uh, try to ignore all the health warnings about coffee. I'm sure that people won't believe how much coffee we drank in about 20 years. It'll be like smoking. <laughs> They're watching a TV show that takes place in the, in the aughts and the <laughs> teens. And yeah, they'll be like, can you believe that doctors drank coffee? And Sometimes then, in the <laughs> people wore a lot of plaid then. <laughs> well, that could be, yeah, that could be anything. Yeah. I know, I, I think about how um, like now, the past is always, there's always something sort of funny about it. You know, how like guys with big mustaches and barbells are just inherently comical to us and, and how in 2040 they'll be watching some, uh, some cartoon that's comically set in 2013 and somebody will open a newspaper and that will be a punchline. They'll have a wallet with a chain on it. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, I had one of those. <laughs> um, I don't anymore. It was in middle school. I think you'd probably get kicked out of Portland if you didn't. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, for real. So you've always kind of had this creative drive to draw. So have you always been kind of drawing, even as a uh, as a boy? Yeah, definitely. Like, and it, I think also I was really lucky in that. Um, I was always drawing comics, you know, I, I really wanted to be a cartoonist since 
from, I mean, as long as I can remember. And my comics were always, all my drawings were part of a story. I would always, like, get my parents to write text along the side explaining what was going on. Or, um, and they, I, I grew up on kind of, I learned to read from Calvin and Hobbes, which I feel like is pretty standard, like, you know, kid growing up in the 90s kind of comic to read. But we also had a bunch of crazy cat lying around. For whatever reason, like very hip parents or something, my my uh, my parents were really into Crazy Cat, and uh, and so I was kind of aware of these longer, artier comics from a from an, a pretty early age, um, and yeah, it's just always trying to do it. Now, you did you go to school for art at all? I not really. No, I um, I went to Whitman College. I graduated almost a year ago, um, which is a small liberal arts school in eastern Washington. And uh, I took a bunch of printmaking classes there and a bunch of English classes. And I think that was most of what I got out of college. Um, the, I, I, had some, I had some art teachers I liked, but in terms of this, all the skills that were useful to cartooning, I think I'm pretty much self-taught. Now you, if I remember right, you did that uh, when Paul Pope and Craig Thompson and one other person. Uh, Svetlana Chmakova. There we go. That was the third one. You were part of that of, uh, I guess it was uh, an artist retreat where you guys all learned from a specific artist, you being in the uh, Craig Thompson pool, if I'm correct. Yes. Yeah. It was, it was, uh, it was my... What was that? My junior year of college, I did that, um, and that was that was really rad. Yes, um, I, it was kind of the first time I spent a lot of time around grown-ups who did comics. Um, uh, Pat Grant was on the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was he was in that group too. Um, yeah, and I guess that kind of. Uh, Definitely kickstarted at least my uh, awareness of like any kind of comics community. It's nice now that pretty much any city in the U.S. Uh, you go to, if you're in comics, you'll have a couch to stay on or you know people to hang out with. It's you know it's nice being in such a niche art form that um, you're all you're all kind of buds. <laughs> Maybe that's naive. I don't know. Well, what did you kind of get out of this kind of intensive experience? Like it was a week. Was it a week of you guys? It was three weeks. Three weeks. Uh, well, let's see. The the what we were literally there for is um, uh, is for workshopping uh, graphic novels. So Pat brought his book Blue, and um, and I brought the storyboards for. I think the third and fourth chapters of eighth grade, um, and uh, and that was kind of a new experience for me because I I tend to like to work. I, I don't like to have stuff storyboarded more than like five pages in advance now, um, because I think I get too into the writing, and I don't focus as much on the um, uh, the actual mechanics of how a comic gets put together, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. um, like I'm, I think I'm smarter when I'm problem solving on the go. But 
but yeah, that's I think that was the the big obvious thing I I got out of it. But um, I was having peer feedback on that stuff, and it was it was also just good to like I said to you know I was the I was the youngest person there, and it was really it was really cool to. <laughs> be treated like a peer in that community and it gave me a lot of confidence um, uh, and um, yeah it, man I'm, I'm sorry I'm a little inarticulate right here um, <laughs> it, it's, it's alright you need to come So when you did that, you'd already started work on your eighth grade comic. Um, what were some of the cartoonists that you had kind of veered towards that were influencing the work you were making at that point? Um, you know, honestly, when I started eighth grade, I was really into Toby Janssen, which I don't think comes out in that comic at all. Um, I, I, I started eighth grade... And you know, I like the style that I used for it, um, but it was it, it. It also feels to me very much like what I thought a big, important graphic novel was supposed to look like when I was nineteen, which is when I started it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was sort of copying. I, I was. I really liked Craig's work. I'd known Craig, and so he was sort of a uh, an early influence. And um, uh, I really liked Nate Powell's stuff. A lot of those top shelf guys actually because I'd interned for them uh, the summer before had that sort of you know like pretty much they uh, they're working with realistic character models and nice expressive brushes and uh, heavy blacks um, and I, I think a lot of that comes out in those uh, those early stories but I think in, in later ones, I, I started getting more and more into Jaime Hernandez and just trying to tell a story like, um, I, I think his, 
I started out admiring his storytelling and how he does that thing where um, the the scenes get shorter and shorter as a as sort of his big interconnected stories are going on until there's just a uh, like a panel per scene in the last ten pages. Yeah, which I, I think is something that uh, that uh, both he and his brother are real adept at. Um, so I I began imitating that and I think I started making choices in the way that the panels were composed that are maybe also influenced by him both subconsciously and because it actually just makes sense for the way that he wants to convey information on the page um, he, he's really into um, drawing people uh, head on or in uh, in perfect profile just because it's it's like he doesn't want to mess around with uh, showing you how good he is at at placing people at weird angles in space. He just wants you to understand them as uh, as characters um, or as graphics mm-hmm. um, on the page, and uh, and it reads a lot faster somehow because your brain's not translating as much. There's something, yeah. I mean, you kind of touch on with Timmy where he's really able to kind of decompress what he's saying and or compress maybe I want to say compress I don't know it's just the way he's able to kind of get more ideas in there and more storytelling with less needed pages where with both Nate and uh, Craig are very prolific with their output in some way it's like they have Craig has two huge books Nate has a whole variety of books out um I guess they do like the bigger type works. I don't know what I'm saying. Am I making yeah. sense? No, I know exactly what you mean. Well, it's <laughs> like, yeah, and 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 Jaime Hernandez, you you really get the sense he's just got he's got so much narrative that um, uh, for you know he has this huge cast and all these these histories that he's familiar with for all of them, and there's so much he wants to pack in that he had to create this kind of shorthand for telling these stories really. Really quickly, uh, it's just clear that um, that Jaime Hernandez has such a deep understanding of these characters he's writing about that he had to figure out a way to, uh, like a shorthand, both visually and, and narratively, to, uh, to to just get it out fast so that he doesn't um, die with ninety percent of it still in his head. You know, or at least that's that's how I think of it. Maybe he's. Maybe I'm totally misinterpreting it, and in every story, he's like, "Oh man, I gotta, gotta figure out something more for these wacky characters <laughs> to do." But, uh, but I always assume from interviews and in, and in reading those books that he's uh, what was it? I feel like it was actually Da Vinci or something. Maybe that I just get he's like the go-to artist that you you. Uh, attribute a quote to and like put it in papyrus and and like post it on tumblr or something but there's some quote about how uh, most artists um never get to do the vast majority of the art that they would like to um, just because their their creativity um is is so much uh more overwhelming than their output ability and i get the sense uh with him a lot but that's the case. I've had a kind of similar discussion with Seth where he talked about like the books he has in his mind that he wants to make and kind of prioritizing them 
um, for what he knows he can make. Yeah. Um, yeah, I know. There are all these kind of amazing projects that will live in people's uh, heads forever and never see the light of day. And I, I, I think that often those are like, like, maybe those are the most exciting ones. Um, the the ones that like would be too much effort to mount, or the people feel like less confident about, or something. Um, I, uh, I I always whenever I start a new project, I always have this real um, belief that it's gonna um, it, it's gonna be the one that's different. You know, it's gonna be the uh, the one where I really figure out a new voice for myself and and challenge myself, and then it it always comes out. You know, pretty good. It's, I always, I always finish a project and go, "That's a pretty good comic." Um, <laughs> I'd love to be able to, to sort of sit back and, uh, yeah, have a, have a beer and look at, the, look at that and go, "Yeah, that's it. That's the masterpiece." Smoke from your pipe. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> go out on the veranda. <laughs> Margaret, I've done it. The Great American Graphic Novel. Great American Graphic Novel, yeah. Um, so I feel like 8th grade, um, I guess it was originally intended to be a graphic novel, quote-unquote, like you had like a certain amount of time you wanted to spend on it, or did right. you kind of just want to go rambling with I, these characters? No, I, I, I totally, I intended when I started to, um, to cap it at six chapters, um, and there was a sort of a whole narrative arc that I had in mind, and, and which I still really have in mind for it. But I was planning on finishing it by the time I was 23, uh, which obviously hasn't happened. I'm, I'm 24, and I'm uh, still churning out pages for it. Um, it's, uh, and I'm still kind of... I, I think maybe now it, it makes more sense to think of it... Um, less like a graphic novel and more like a, a series that could be collected into a cohesive whole. Um, there's, uh, there's definitely... So they, if I guess I shouldn't assume familiarity. This is this comic I've been working on for a long time about middle schoolers. They're these three eighth graders and there's sort of a, a weird, not quite acknowledged romantic triangle between these these two dudes, one of whom has a crush on the other dude, and they're best friends. And then there's uh, there's a, a girl that they uh, one of the one of them falls for, and the sort of very simple romantic triangle mechanics of that relationship uh, end up uh, spinning out into the rest of their class, and it becomes kind of this exploration of. Like the many facets of how much middle school sucks, but the uh, sorry. Oh yeah, you were asking if I still conceive of it as a graphic novel or something like that. There's definitely a split that I'm uh, I've envisioned for it, where the second half is sort of where it all grows up, and there's going to be a lot more sort of uncomfortable, explicit stuff in it and um, kids being really nasty to each other and having these uncomfortable first sexual experiences and um, and and so that at least I've I've managed to hold on to like some vestige of 
cohesion for the whole project is that the first half and the second half are are deliberately uh, distinct entities. How long ago did you start working on it? Uh, four years? Yeah, four, almost five years, which is embarrassing. Um, <laughs> which I, I kind of don't like to tell people because I, I feel like then it's... Uh, then it be, it becomes this thing that the, the the next question is like well why gosh that must be very long by now or gosh you must have a publisher lined up um, and neither of these things are true it's about 140 pages now which is definitely not five years of work um, but um, uh, yeah and it's it's tough too because I'm, you know, it's like I'm collaborating with this 19-year-old who doesn't know as much about comics as I do now, mm -hmm. um, and his character designs kind of suck, um, you know. <laughs> and he made all these choices early on that I gotta be like, okay, 19-year-old Sam, like that's, like I see what you're trying to do there, but don't you think it disrupts the flow a little bit? But okay, I'll work in that plot twist to these later chapters. I can see that. Um, one of the things I'm interested about is that you started this when you're 19 is um, how do I say this the right way you're not that much older than the characters mm. were like what five years older and um, and I'm wondering about like kind of so soon after high school exploring these points in your life um, whether you know, it be autobiographical or um, fictional or whatever. Because uh, for, for a lot of folks, when you're done with that, you want to get as far away from that as possible, that kind of point in time, and later reflect upon it. Yeah, no, it's... I, I think I was definitely um, exorcising demons a little bit with 8th grade. You know, I, I most of most of the the major themes in that book um, or in that that comic all have to do with with real you know I, I had these kind of weird humiliating confusing first sexual experiences in eighth grade and um, and my parents were splitting up a little earlier um, and it was it was just stuff that I'd never really um, sat down and addressed with myself, um, and uh, and yeah, I, I think five years is about as is is a good time to to reckon with stuff because I had some distance and I was just starting college. I didn't feel like a uh, like a middle schooler anymore, but I could still remember what it felt like perfectly, and I can still remember middle school perfectly. I, I High school is kind of a blur for me in college. I, I, I barely even feel like I remember college, but but middle school, you everything is, all the colors are, are like brighter and everything is, I mean, I'm not in an optimistic way, but everything is sharper and more emotional yeah, for middle schoolers, I think, and they feel things so much more than uh, than most people do. And that's still very um, resonant for me. Now, your other work that you have going on right now is the Haunter from from Study Group. 
and it's very completely different work um, and I'm wondering about how that is kind of like exercising these different parts of your your brain yeah well yeah it's I mean it, again it was super deliberate like the eighth grade is kind of this big angsty black and white graphic novel with lots of dialogue and teenagers being sad and and like um, uh, yeah and feels very much like um, like the the big capital G graphic novel and Haunter, I I wanted to do because I was really tired of going slowly on a project. So um, I started out to I intended to draw this comic really small and use color and minimal lines and um, and not have any words and see if I could create a compelling story that way. Um, so it started with really with, just like that with like these technical limitations, um, and uh, and it's been like such a joy to work on. Like honestly, that I um, it's like spiritually nourishing for me to draw a comic without words. That's basically like an I guess an action comic sort of has maybe more genre connotations but it's a, a comic where the narrative is based on the mechanics of the physical world rather than interpersonal relationships mm-hmm. it, it feels very pure and, and very kind of true to the medium in a way um, you know it's a it's it's a format for a story that works really well in comics in a way that maybe even having characters sit down and talk and have to uh, explain the way sound works and and sort of stage things like a movie or a short story is is a little bit less natural um, it's so very much it's very like this like weird neat kinetic movement to it thank you yeah i you know i wanted to be the one time i dabbled in not wanting to be a cartoonist was in actually was in eighth grade when i wanted to be an animator and um and then I was like, ah, animation is so much work. I'll do the thing that takes the next ri- most ridiculous amount of work. Um, I, I did comics instead, but I, I think <laughs> Haunter is a way for me to, uh, to animate, in a sense. Um, and to play with, yeah, with like having only one panel size, really. And uh, the consistent character models and stuff like that.
do you have a lot of anxiety with the work you're producing? Um, well, or, or the process of producing itself? I think more and more I am. I, um, as I am sort of beginning to actually know that people will read my comics um, and that there might be something expected of me, um, I, I'm getting more careful about like, oh, should I really put this online? This seems sort of not up to my standards. People will think ill of me. I, I guess it's like, yeah, on a certain level, um, I, uh, I get anxious that I'm, I'm not pushing myself enough. My friend August, August Lip, is like a big inspiration to me because he's somebody who is sort of constantly challenging his himself to come up with different art styles and um, and do new things with his drawings um, and uh, and I, I always counter counterintuitively and and counterproductively I always worry that um, I shouldn't put something up because it's too much like my earlier stuff um, and I should uh, push myself to uh, take more risks, um, which, you know, is like, like I said, I think most people will probably not see a comic that I do that isn't their favorite and go, ah, yeah, Sam Alden, I don't like his, I don't like his, uh, his stuff. I'll stop reading him. Um, but I, yeah, there is that, uh, that fear that you're, um, once people like something, they'll compare everything you do to it. Mm -hmm. And I'm just an anxious dude in general. <laughs> I take any excuse to be anxious. Um, you're going to be doing a couple of shows coming up. You're going to be at Stumptown, I'm presuming? Yes, I am. They let you in? Yes, finally. I was, uh, yeah, there was this weird period where I was doing a a workshop and moderating a panel, but I didn't actually have a table. Um, but now I have a table. Oh, and that's then, hilarious. Yeah, I know. And I'm going to probably see you because I'm coming up to do VanCaf mm -hmm. uh, next month. And I'll be at TCAF and oh, I'll Cake. I'll there too. Yeah, how about Cake? You want a cake? No, I can only do so many trips. Yeah. Um, I've been... Man, I've been saving up like all winter <laughs> for this. Uh, and then I guess it's way in the distance, but I'll be at SBX too. Nice. So, yeah, big big year of shows for me. Um, I actually really like uh, doing like festivals and cons. People complain about it a lot, but I uh, I don't know. It's like the the nice like it feels like this complete uh, this completion of the the narrative of making a comic book where you draw it and print it and and then you it ends with you like literally handing it to the person who's going to read it and and taking their money um, that's it's super cool there's not a lot of industries that function like that nope maybe if you kind of sell your own CDs at shows if you're a musician but yeah it's still not the same it's not yeah. or I guess craft shows. Crafts. Mm, make yeah. crafts. There's a lot of that in Portland. I could imagine. You can't go uh, five feet without someone that does something artisanal. 
I know. <laughs> My mom is so scornful of it. She's a uh, she's a children's book author, and she um, illustrates all her books with these very elaborate dioramas. And she, <laughs> she, I was on the phone with her the other day, and she was complaining about uh, people who, what is it, yarn bombing? <laughs> yeah. I, which I think is rad. But she was like, oh, it's these these people who go like, well, I don't actually have any need to do something with my hands. I'll I'll just uh, like put some yarn on a fire hydrant. That'll be my art. But that's her. <laughs> she's full of she's full of bile for such. Does that frivolous. kind of go hand in hand with doing children's books? Maybe it's I don't know. That's a vicious industry, man. Um, and it's really funny. She does these these adorable little. Uh, uh, m- mouse diorama. She makes these felt mice, and they're always in these beautiful little hamlets made of a uh, bread loaf or something. Um, and then she has this, but but she has the way she talks about it is she'll be trying to light it, and she'll go, "Well, you know, my the lighting situation I have right here is really just sucking a chode." <laughs> <laughs> it's like this really you forget that there's like an actual the children's book industry is an industry you know it's like people who have day to day frustrations and, um, like to all pr- to produce this like uh, much more child friendly child friendly package um, well there's uh, I don't know if you know anything about uh, Tommy Unger uh, Tommy Unger He's this uh, Canadian children's book creator who does, like, on the side, did a lot of, like, weird fetish stuff. Oh, whoa, okay. Um, yeah, Shel Silverstein, I guess. I, that's always a big moment when uh, you, like, discover Shel Silverstein's uh, adult cartoons and uh, if you've grown up on Where the Sidewalk Ends and stuff. It's like a big, uh, big moment of revelation. Or Dr. Seuss's racist World War II cartoons. <laughs> you know, like the like the uh, understanding that children's book authors and people who write for children are grown ups too. So your your mother working on children's books has storytelling always been kind of an important part of your life then? Like Yeah, definitely. And she yeah, and she uh I mean, I say I was self taught, but I I think most of the sort of art rules that I learned I learned from her, like, uh, uh, like the upper lip is shaded darker than the lower lip, um, you know, or eyes go halfway down the head. That was something I, that definitely came from her. Um, and you mentioned before we started the interview that you're working on a book about your father. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm really curious, like, why that decision, what's I so know. interesting about him? Ray was it was such a it's such a comics cliche, you know, like, well, you see I'm working on a large comic book, not for kids. The comic not for kids, and uh, it's about my dad and my dad's issues. Uh but uh, no, well what is interesting about my dad is that in the in the 50s when he was growing up, his own father uh, diagnosed him with this allergic reaction to sunlight um, and pulled him out of school and put him inside in this this big house in the hills in San Francisco and closed the blinds and kept him there 
for pretty much his entire childhood until he was he was fourteen. Um, he wasn't allowed to go outside in the in the sunlight at all, uh, and he was homeschooled. And um, uh, it really like as you might imagine, it really had this huge impact on his life and on his relationship with his dad. Yeah, and on his relationship with me too. And especially since it was probably a totally bogus diagnosis. Um, my, uh, my grandfather uh, had gone to medical school. He was a psychiatrist. But it was, it was you know, that's a, that is a real condition. People can be allergic to sunlight. But my dad almost certainly didn't have it. Uh, but he was kind of famous for a while. There was like an article in, I think, Life or something about him called The Boy Who Lived by Night. It was this real sort of 1950s like uh, kind of story, you know, about that weird attitude towards medicine back in the day and societal pressures. And so I wanted to do a book about that because that's something that's been part of my own personal mythology for a long time, and I think visually it could translate really well. Has he been talking about it a lot, and it's just something that's really present? And what he does now? Uh, actually, he's a child psychiatrist now. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, no, it's okay. It's funny. That's that's awesome. Yeah. Well, it, yeah. It's it's something that I I think is, um, has been tough for him to to talk about publicly, and will be tough if this book gets done. I I think it will be it would be hard for him to be that much in the spotlight. I think he really, um, sorry if he's, if he listens to this later, sorry about that. Uh, sorry to be, be now putting you in the spotlight. But, uh, I, I think it's, it's, he spent so long being treated like a victim that, um, he doesn't like to be, uh, put back there in that position, mm-hmm. um, to be the center of attention. But, um, but yeah, and I, I think it would be <laughs> maybe if nothing else good for our relationship um, to talk it out because I've only heard, even though it's it's very much in my DNA the this narrative I've never had the chance to hash it out with him. Um, uh, all the all the details of it. It's interesting. Your your mother does children's books. Your father's a child psychologist. And your main comic is about adolescence. Yeah, well, I, I guess I just... Maybe what that instilled in me is like a respect for the interior lives of kids. Mm-hmm. You know, kids are kids are complex. And I think especially, I mean, middle schools... The reason that middle school is so interesting to me is because I, th- I think the, the teenage narrative that we're familiar with um, you know, from like Huck Finn and like a billion other Bildung's romans about uh, young people growing up is like the teenager to adult narrative, where you start out in kind of a place of of irresponsibility and and chaos, and you move into something a little more stable and and grounded in in who you are. And middle school is interesting because you start as kids who are, you know, like basically confident in general about who they are 
and and then they become teenagers and they move into like total anarchy and and self doubt and uh, uh, it's like a a less familiar narrative to tell I think um, so yeah that's I and my parents definitely have some impact on that. Now you have a brother. Yes, I do. Just one brother, one sibling, or yeah, one one brother is younger than I do. We actually uh, we haven't put it up in a while, but uh, uh, for a long time we did a comic together. Um, that's uh, still online and has some following on some nerdy uh, web comics boards uh, that he he wrote and I drew. Um, but uh, yeah, he's the funniest person I know. But he doesn't have an interest in in drawing, or just not the the skills. Nah, he uh, he does music. That's kind of his creative outlet. Um, he makes really rad electronic music. So he's the cool hip one of the two of you. Yeah, f- no, for for real, he one hundred percent is. Uh, <laughs> he's the one that chose to have a life in college, and uh, and I'm the one that chose to like stay in and. Uh, and work on my insufferable dream comics, um, and post stuff to Blogspot. <laughs> you know? Like those are the two like, forking paths you can go on. Uh, but uh, yeah, he's still in college now. He's a junior. Has Tumblr been pretty important for you as far as like really connecting with other cartoonists? Oh man, yeah. Freaking Tumblr! Like, I I I hate it so much. Um, in a certain sense, like I, I hate what it does to the way I interact with art. You know, where it kind of encourages you to just like keep scrolling. Like the you have an infinite scroll. Like it's like sprinting through an art gallery, and um, and then you're kind of you usually can't comment on stuff. You can just give it a thumbs up if it's really special to you, or like reblog it to your frickin' inspiration blog or whatever. <laughs> um, and uh, and that's that's kind of it. So in in that sense, like, yeah, Tumblr kind of can cheapen the experience of, uh, of reading cool stuff on the internet. But on the other hand, you know, it's been very, it's been very kind to me, yeah. Um, and, uh, but get putting stuff up on Tumblr and getting both kind of the instant validation of like you know check it out 115 year olds click the little heart button well done Sam <laughs> um, but, but then also you know like it's a it's an easy way to share your stuff and if you're not concerned with making money because you know come on it's like comics let's get real um, it's a really like great way to put your stuff out there and I mean I basically I, I like I was in Italy recently for Bilbao Bull and I think they found out about me through Tumblr um, like putting comics online for free and smearing it around as many social networks in as obnoxious a way as possible seems to be a model that like works for me at the moment <laughs> Um, and has, yeah, and actually has, like, a few, uh, like, real-world 
um, benefits as well. Mm-hmm. Well, it's uh, I've I've been seeing your your stuff pop up in a lot of different places. I think it's uh, things are going good for you. Oh, thank you. Yeah, no, it's good yeah. stuff. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I, I think if I could go back and, and tell 19-year-old Sam to, like, do anything differently, it would be to not start a big graphic novel. I've, in the last year, I've been doing, um, uh, a lot more short stories for anthologies and stuff, and finding that really rewarding because you can sort of have your, have your fingers in a lot of pies. Um, is it hands and pies? Fingers and pies? Um, fingers, I think. Fingers, okay. Um, yeah, I've got a. I'm working on something for the second study group magazine right now, and um, I got this space face thing that just came out, and I don't know. It, it feels good. It, it feels more like I'm part of a community and and less like I'm slaving away alone mm-hmm. uh, on something that maybe some publisher will be interested in in the distant future well I'm excited to see whatever you do and I'm uh, I'm happy you're making comics Sam oh thanks Robin a reminder folks I've been talking to Sam Alden his books are uh, 8th grade do you have copies for sale on your website anywhere or do people oh, gotta see you at a con um I think uh, the best bet is to see me at a con I'm printing some more this week and you should be order able to order them from uh, wow, cool. Okay. And, yeah. There we go. Very nice website to go to. Uh, eighth grade and uh, Haunter through uh, Study Group Comics, and you will yes. have something in the upcoming Study Groups. Yeah, study and group I've too. also, I, I have uh, on Space Face, I have a, a book out with Space Face that is probably the easiest thing of mine to get online right now. <laughs> it's called a little Patron Saint. Called what? Patron Saint. It's about this girl who keeps seeing Astro Boy everywhere. Oh Jesus! <laughs> um, and that's like one of those little comics. Yeah, one of the little three-dollar ones. Nice, nice. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Sam. Thank you, Rob. All the things they said would happen to you. Don't you know they're all coming?